2: Hey everybody out there in Wells radio land. I'm so excited to have you back this week. Hey Kev, are you out there?
3: Yes, I am. How are you, Brandy?
2: Phenomenal. Thanks, Kevin. And I'm all the way in Tacoa, Georgia with Evan Oglesby, and I know Kevin's up in Vancouver, Canada. How's the weather up there in Vancouver?
3: Beautiful day today.
2: Nice, nice. We're in the 80s, about 22 down here, so enjoying, enjoying it. Um, I'm really glad to have everyone on. I hope all the parents, teachers, and teens are out there listening, because today we're tackling a very tough Subject, uh, which is parenting. It's the hardest job in the world, and yet there's no schooling for it. So, we're really <laughs> excited that Global Teen Wealth has created a parenting portal to help parents better communicate with their teens. Uh, but what we're really excited about is our two guests that are on the show today yeah, because they're both giving exciting. us some really cool perspectives on parenting uh, from from both sides. So uh, we're going to be talking to Alvin Law first and then Georgie Lowe a little bit later and they're both two phenomenal human beings. So I'm going to introduce Alvin Law because when I was 16 he came and spoke at my high school and he walked out and played the drums with his feet and I could have sworn I was the only person in the room and he was talking directly to me because literally after his motivational speech all I heard him say was, if I can do this with what I have, what can yeah. you do with what you have? And that was the moment that Teen Wealth was born. And because of people like Alvin, I've been able to help thousands around the world. And Kevin's been able to coach thousands as well. Kevin and I both saw him while we were in school. So we are excited to have you here. Super Welcome, Alvin. Friend. Yeah. And you guys
4: were like five years old at the time, right? <laughs>
3: I think I was
4: in diapers. I can't remember. That's awesome. uh, Awesome introduction there, Brandy. And thank you for the recognition. I'm very proud to me. I've been doing this 35 years now. So I'm not old. I'm just getting better. (laughs) That's
2: awesome. Beautiful. So, Alvin, can you tell everyone just a little bit about you, who you are and your background?
4: Yeah, it's such a long story that I'll give you the brief version. And if I can just right off the top, say, if anybody wants to look up the longer story. I, of course, have my website at just alvinlaw.com. I know that's tacky, but it's kind of interesting when people think about me and they see me. Uh, I was born without arms, so you can well imagine that it is the most popular question that I get, and that's what happened to you. So the technical answer is that I was born in 1960. I was one of Canada's first Thalidomide babies, and that's a big word. Uh, you don't have to repeat it. But thalidomide was a morning sickness medication that many people of my generation uh, very vividly remember because it was given to pregnant women in a time when we didn't really give pregnant women things like we do now. So, you know, it's, to be quite frank, uh, having no arms uh, is, is the way that I've lived my life. But I've got an, 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 a secondary answer to the question, what happened to me, and my answer is uh, nothing. Nothing. I was born this way, so you can well imagine that my birth uh, provokes an awful lot of intrigue and a lot of curiosity, but quite frankly, the story of my life is not about having no arms. The story about my life is that I was given up for adoption when I was five days old because my birth family were too overwhelmed by the stresses involved in raising a, a severely crippled child. That's what they called us back then in 1960. So when I was given up, I was taken in by foster parents who were by chance In their 50s so my mom was 55 my dad was 53 I mean my god I'm 55 I can't even try to picture bringing home a a brand new baby we just brought home a new puppy this past week and I'm exhausted so imagine that gesture on the behalf of my birth parents uh, giving me away but then the gesture of the people that took me in that literally changed everything in my life and it actually provides the foundation for why I even know anything about parenting because I want transparency here I'm not a parenting expert but I was raised uh, in an environment a long time ago, of course, and I'm, I'm a bit old school. But I literally overcame all of my challenges because I was made to overcome them. They weren't taken away from me. And that's one of the most key elements that I want to stress today is bad stuff isn't always bad stuff.
2: Beautiful. I, I love it. Um, so, so are you a parent now, Alvin?
4: Yeah, that's the other ironic thing is that I didn't really plan on being a parent, but I have a son who's now 30 years old, and he's just fine, but he has also had his struggles because he was from uh, a marriage that didn't last. Uh, him and his mother and I split up when he was two years old. And I'm, I'm guessing that that's a lot of the root of, of a great deal of difficulty in our society is this notion that we have this expression, a uh, broken home. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to argue that, but what my experience in it is it was just a different home. In fact, if you think about it, more kids are from split-up homes now, percentage-wise, than, than were when I was young. But that's not necessarily a good thing. It's just it's the it's consummate example of it is what it is. So as much as my son is 30, he had some of his own struggles because of identity, trying to figure out, you know, all the stuff that comes out of, a, of an unhappy marriage and parents fighting. And, you know, we don't want to get too deep in here, but he overcame an awful lot of his own stuff, and he was born with all his parts, so uh, he's doing great now.
2: Absolutely. That's beautiful. So being raised by your adoptive parents, what lessons of great parenting did they pass along to you that you've been able to pass along to your son?
4: Well, life's hard. And, you know, I I don't want to be uh, accusatory here because that's the last thing I want to do. Everybody parents in the way that they feel comfortable doing. But here's what I've learned in in so many years of studying human dynamics. A lot of my generation, and this would be the parents of probably a lot of your listeners, uh, came along and wanted to make the ride smooth for their kids. Because the ride wasn't necessarily smooth for them when they were growing up. Maybe let's just hypothetically say they grew up on a farm. So they had to be up at 4.30 in the morning, you know, feeding the chickens and milking the cows and, and, you know, spreading the bales and doing hard work on a farm. Well, you know what, that might not be a first choice for when you're someone around 15 years old who can't get out of bed in the first place. So you get to be a parent and you say, well, I'm not going to make my kid feed the chickens, milk the cows, you know, just distribute the hay bales, because I hated that. So I'm going to take that away because I don't want my kid to hate me. That is the biggest issue I see every single day, is we want our kids to be our friends, and not, you know what, that's just wrong. There's no argument about it, there's no debating it, you're not supposed to be friends with your kid. It's a parent and a kid. That's why it's got two different titles.
2: Mm. I love that. Um, I'm, I know my mother's out there listening right now, and she completely <laughs> agrees with you, Alvin. So,
4: <laughs> well, and, and by the way, I'm not trying to be right. Uh, if you understand why I'm talking this way, I want our young people to understand that life is stress. And the ironic part is if our parents took away the things that we needed to learn how to deal with our stress, how to deal with resiliency, how to deal with mental health, how to deal with depression. You know, how many times have young people said, oh, life's not fair? Well, I was born without arms. You think I don't understand that? So my parents kind of came along and said, yeah, life's not fair. Now what are you going to do? It's almost like it's not dismissing the truth of our struggles. It's acknowledging that we all have struggles. And then acknowledging that to get over them, you got to learn your own methodology. And sometimes I think the problem with a lot of what we see now is young people that just don't know how to cope. And that's not accusatory either. That's just a fact of life. And I feel bad because, boy, I'll tell you what, when I was 18 years old, the last thing I wanted to do was live in my parents' basement. Best thing I ever did was move 800 miles away to, to college when I was 18 all by myself without arms. Let's just picture that. Moving away from home at 18 years old by himself without arms, not knowing a soul in Calgary, Alberta. And how did I do that? Because I was ready because my parents made sure I was ready at 18.
2: That's beautiful. Um, I was wondering, if you were to give advice to teens about dealing with their parents when their parents stress them out, what's the kind of like a personal thing that you could give a piece of advice for speaking to them, if you were to speak to the teens?
4: Okay, this is going to creep your teenager audience out a little bit, but they were a couple before they became your parents. Yeah. So try to understand that they're human beings. Try to understand that your your dad is your dad. He might not be perfect. He farts, he burps, he has bad odor sometimes. Your mom might be a drama queen or might be stressed out or might be a person who doesn't quite understand the new generation. They're human beings that are normally twice your age, and they're not meant to be your tight friend buddies. But if you can establish a relationship where you can sit down sometimes. Have you ever asked your parents, for example, maybe they've shared it with you because you didn't really want to hear it. Have you ever asked your parents what life was like before you came along? It's just one question to ask your parents. What was life like before I was born? Uh, tell me about you and dad. What was it, what was it like? Or, you know, let's, let's assume now that we're talking a heterosexual couple, too, because we shouldn't do that either. There's all kinds of parents out there of all kinds of different brands and matches and all that stuff. But just talking to your parents about who they were when they were younger, not just the lectury stuff, but to get to know them on their own level, where they came from, what they learned, what their perspective is. And also to remember that they are not the enemy. You know, I'm always intrigued by this, you guys, and I don't mean, again, to sound really preachy about this, because I sometimes come off that way. Why do we make enemies out of our family? And I understand Mm -hmm. we can't pick our family, but it is the most ironic thing. If we could just get along with the people that we share the most time with, think how much easier our lives would be. And sometimes, guess what? you just got to give it up, right? If you don't like the way your parents are asking things or talking to you, just say, okay, you know what? You're my parent. I'll respect it. And that may sound old school, too, but that's just my advice.
2: No, I, I love it. And, and then would you say the same kind of advice towards the parents then? Like if parents were having trouble, wanting they wanted to teach their child a lesson, but they didn't want to come across as preachy, would you give them the same advice to just kind of relate to them, let them know that they're humans as well? or how, What advice would you give to parents?
4: Parents, don't judge your children, period. Mm-hmm. Your kids are who they are. You know, how often have we seen parents and young person relationships fall apart because a kid comes home with a tattoo or, or piercings or decides to quit their good job after university so they can be a rock star? Give them who they are. It is the greatest gift you can give. My parents gave me the gift of who I was. They didn't try to make me into anything I wasn't. You know, I couldn't be a dentist. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, so I did what I had to do. They praised every single thing that I wanted to do. And by the way, it wasn't perfect. We had a lot of conflict between my parents and I, and I think that was not born out of just arguing. That was born out of a wanting to assert my independence, and I think that is the other thing, parents. If you're trying to get your kid to be independent, then let them take some chances. Let them fall off their bike. Let them go parasailing. Let them go snowboarding. Uh, I'm not saying this officially, okay? Out of bounds. Let them do things that are supposed to be fun and risky, because that's how we learn to love our lives.
2: Yeah. That's Awesome. And, and now, how long have you been speaking in schools? You said 30 years, is that what you said?
4: 35. I did my first speech in a school in uh, northern Alberta in a place called High Level on March the second, 1981. And although wow. I've made a, a living in a couple of other incarnations of my life uh, as an advertiser, as a, as a broadcaster, uh, as a, an account executive, I, I, I've always spoke. I've always had gigs to go to. I've always had audiences that want to hear my story. And I've been making a living at it full-time since 1988. And again, I state, I'm not a... I'm not a parenting expert, but I do consider myself uh, a bit of an expert on, on the idea of how our attitude affects our everyday lives, and not just my attitude, but everybody's attitude. Mm.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I love that you say you're not an expert, and and you know what? I, I really think that a lot of the people that we bring on here, none of them truly are experts. Um, I think just... Having teens and parents out there that are kind of struggling and confused and maybe dealing with something that's, that's a problem at, the, at this time in their lives, having them hear just a normal person just say the exact same things that they're feeling and thinking and going through, I think that's where we really connect with each other. So I love that you keep saying that because by no means do we want a clinical psychologist in here explaining how the brain works for parenting. Mm-hmm. We want people like you. And um, how did you first get to speaking?
4: What, what well, I think was, it was then? probably, if you want to get onto the really cheesy side of the, of the ledger here, I was meant to be a speaker. My mom said mm-hmm. to me all the time when I was growing up, when I asked her, why does everybody look at me? Why does everybody ask me questions? Why can't anyone just accept me? Mom would often say, someday, honey, you're going to recognize why you were born. And when you recognize that, you will make the best of it. I just know it. And you know what? I, again, that might just have rolled a few eyes in the audience, but I just didn't know how to do that. So I think my life was meant to, to have a coincidence. And of course, um, I also believe there's no coincidences. Uh, short version, 1981 was the International Year of Disabled Persons. And I came out of a radio job in Regina, Saskatchewan as a DJ to start speaking at seminars on disability awareness. It was an opportunity I had out of a government grant. So I took that, that train out of town and I started speaking in schools, first in Alberta and then in Saskatchewan, all about disability advocacy, trying to make people more aware. But I did it in a very positive way. And I say that because, uh, and I hope this doesn't offend anybody that's listening, uh, some advocates, in fact, some young people that protest, i got to give you a warning, stop being so mad. You know, there's injustices in the world, I get it, but being angry doesn't help you. Being angry actually makes things harder. I learned not to be angry about having no arms. I learned to be a very positive thinker. I know that sounds predictable, but I decided that I could make a career out of teaching people about something that they might not be comfortable talking about, and that's life without arms. Little did I know that that uh, knowledge I had would serve me very well in the field of motivational speaking, period. And by the way, I want to add this. I don't really think people need motivation. I think people need to be reminded. We all know this stuff. You guys, you said it. I'm not an expert. You're not an expert. Even clinical psychologists, quite frankly, are not experts. They just have an opinion that they've been in school and for a long time. And I mean that with great respect. What we need to do is hear all the pieces of information that we can find out there, not just the ones we like on the Internet, and especially the ones that make us uncomfortable, to reevaluate how we see our role on planet Earth. And you know what? It takes a little bit of work, too. So that's what I also encourage people to remember is that I didn't just come to this overnight. This has been a, an entire life of battling uh to to help people understand that life is pretty good. Uh oh,
3: that's awesome. And Alvin, I remember I saw you a number of times in Saskatchewan and of course you were on Telemiracle for a long time, weren't you? The um the I did, um, Yeah, I did.
4: A telemiracle by the way for people that don't know is an incredible telethon that raises money for underprivileged kids and medical help in the uh, province of Saskatchewan. In fact, it's weird, man. I was just in Regina uh, two weeks ago now, uh, coming up on the weekend here, and I, I was invited to the 40th anniversary of the telethon. I can't oh. believe it, 40 telethons. That, that's just incredible. Oh. And they raised like $5.2 million in 20 hours. Oh, so, yeah, amazing. I remember
3: watching you on that, On you know, every year you were on Telemiracle for a long stretch, and I remember seeing you every year and thinking, man, that guy came to my school, and I saw I saw him shoot basketballs with his feet, and you even <laughs> made a couple of couple shots, too. Um, So I wanted to ask you, like, I mean, your story is incredible. I've heard it, um, you know, a number of times, and it always blows me away and very, like, incredibly inspiring. And Brandy and I have both been traveling around, speaking in schools, uh, doing motivational speaks and all that, or or reminder speaks, as you say. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just curious, like, what are the things that you still – struggle with or have tried to overcome that maybe frustrate you? or I mean, because we look, look at you and go, what an incredible human being and all you've overcome. But um, you probably look at people who struggle even more than you. And, you know, and, I'm just curious, what are some of your, your struggles still as you walk through this?
4: I think the hardest struggle, and that's an excellent question, is the world is full of so much insecurity. The world is yeah. full of, of violence. The world is full of, of, of uh, terrorism. The world is full of economic downturn. I live in a city of Calgary where last year at this time uh, there were uh, around 50,000 more jobs than there are today. Uh, I struggle with the reality that there's truth. And mm-hmm. sometimes I come across, you know, as being Mr. Happy. I understand the, under, the other side of it. I understand Mr. Not Happy. And that's the hardest part is, is trying not to come across to people as being insensitive to the truth of our planet. But the reality of this, I think that's why I work every single day at trying to understand how I can cope with it. Uh, let me give people a, a bit of advice. Don't read so much negative press. You know, for example, we're Canadian here, uh, but I've got to bring up a reference that's going to be pretty obvious. Stop listening to Donald Trump. I mean, it's just a piece of advice. Everyone's allowed to listen to whoever they want, but the guy is nothing but trouble. And I say that we get all you know bound up. We get all excited. We get all angry. Well, don't listen to him. You know, I, I start in the morning when I get up out of bed, and that varies on depending on what day it is. I, I used to watch the news, and it would put me off at the beginning of the day. Now I turn on the comedy channel. I watch stand-up <laughs> comedians first thing in the morning. I start my day off with a giggle. I'm going to hear enough bad news during the course of a day. I don't need to add to it before I've even had a cup of coffee. So how our minds operate in the gloom and doom of our society is a very big thing. I'm, I don't ignore the truth, but I also understand, does it have a direct impact on my life? So when there's a car bombing in Syria, sad thing, does it actually affect my life in Calgary, Alberta, the life of my wife, the life of my child? Other than a consciousness, no. So we have to make sure that we don't get sucked into this vortex of negativity. There's so many bad things going on out there. We think that there's nothing but bad. You know what? It sounds predictable to say this. There's a ton of good things going on. And you know what? I'm going to say it like your show. It's a good thing that you guys do. It's a good thing that you give people an opportunity to hear positive advice because we hear enough negative. We don't need any more of that.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Well, Alvin, I, I, you gave me a copy of your book a little while ago, and each week we feature a book. Could you tell everyone what it's called, uh, where they can find it, and a little bit about it so that people can reach out and learn more about you through your book as well?
4: Absolutely. That's very generous of you, by the way. My book is called Alvin's Laws of Life, and you've got to admit that's <laughs> darn clever. Get it? My name is Alvin Law, so Alvin's <laughs> Laws of Life. And there's a tagline that says five steps to successfully overcome anything. Now, that's a bit of a bold statement, but the idea of it is not that I'm suggesting life is easy, but that we all have obstacles, and I want to offer some advice as to how we can get over those daily things that we struggle with. And we all have struggles, by the way. I, I, I can't even imagine what some of your members of your audience members are feeling right now as they're listening to this interview. Uh, so, yeah, it's a great read. It's available at, only at alvinlaw.com. It's not on Amazon. It's not in the bookstores. Uh, it's a self-published book, but it's also an international bestseller in its eighth printing, so it's done very well. And by the way, it's just my first book I've been struggling working on the second one but I think I've come up with what that may be in the next year here or so we might be coming up with finally book number two so we'll see how that goes
2: well I'm excited to check that out um could you also give everyone any social media links or any way that they could follow you get in contact with you because um I know after this they're going to want to reach out
4: absolutely I've I've just got one Facebook page my wife says I have two I guess I have a fan page but just look up Alvin Law on Facebook I'm at uh, uh Twitter at And now, remember, this is my nickname. Twitter is my at Toes Law. So Toes Law, Toes is my nickname. I've had it since I was 14 years old. It's even on my license plates. And those are the two social medias. I'm also on LinkedIn, and you can look me up just by my name on that. And again, I have my website, alvinlaw.com.
2: That was beautiful. Alvin, thank you for being a guest. Thank you for stepping into all of our lives. Tell your wife that I adore her, even though I've never met her, but I'm going to come cook her a beautiful dinner one day for answering all my emails.
4: (laughs) We'll take you up on that. And by the way, your next guest, Georgie, is amazing, too, so you're lucky to have her today.
2: Thank you very much. Very excited. Thanks, Alvin. Hey, brother.
4: Thanks for both of you. I I mean it. I mean it. What you guys are doing is amazing. Anyone out there listening, you know what? Life is good. Maybe someday if you don't see it, you will to. And thanks again for having that's, me on the show. That's Beautiful. awesome.
2: Thanks a lot, Alvin. Everybody, we're going to go to commercial. Don't forget to go like Team Wealth on Facebook and text in your email address to 707-200-6386 and we're giving away some cool prizes. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes with your next guest, Georgie Lowe. <laughs>
1: Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Hey, you, yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at one 855 866 Teen. That's 1 855 866 8336. Globalteenwealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying. But when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune into Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging, marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increased margins. Listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. are tuned in to teen wealth radio to join in the conversation send an email to brandy at global dot that's brandy with an i at global dot now back to this week's show
2: Hey everybody, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed our first guest, Alvin Law, and I'm very exceptionally excited to welcome our next guest, Georgie Lowe, to the show. Her, uh, I actually got to meet her at a dinner party uh, last summer, and she was full of infectious giggles. She was just an incredibly bubbly person, has this amazing warm smile and these sparkly blue eyes, and she created something called Decide Your Life. So Georgie, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so excited. We're excited to have you. Can you tell everyone exactly who you are and a little bit about Decide Your Life? Yeah, sure. So, um, I'm Georgie. I've
5: been an entrepreneur for, um, oh my gosh, a really long time, like probably over, well, my, my son is 20, so over 20 years. I've been in a lot of different business businesses. But Decide Your Life was born at a time where I just, I really wanted to do something and I really wanted to make a difference. And so it, um started as an online program, and now it's grown into a physical space where, you know, we bring people together, we do workshops, we do trainings, I bring in awesome speakers, um, anything that's really going to inspire people to take action to create a life that they really, really want.
2: That's beautiful, and and I, I, was, I was so happy that you invited me to come there. That was an amazing experience, and the people that I met at your Connected Conversations event... Uh, I, they will always stay in my heart. That was a beautiful time. We've all kept in touch on Facebook. So I just want to thank you for creating something that's so beautiful in the community that you live in. And you're in, um, where are you located again? So my space is in New Westminster. Beautiful. Oh, and Vancouver. and yeah. all, you've had so many different topics and so many different entrepreneurs come in. Um, and I know our show is about parenting today. Have you ever had any parenting experts or any talks about parenting while you were hosting some of your nights? We haven't had anything specific
5: to parenting. Um, I have had people like you who came in about the talking about teens. Uh, Crystal uh, Crystal Barrett from the Sparkle project, she's come in and talked about, you know, her movement and her project with teens. But, you know, most of my audience is parents. So I think I really think it all goes together.
2: Very cool. And and so you have how many kids? Two. Two. Two and, and- Yes. What has it been like for you to be a parent? What can you tell us a little bit about parenting from your perspective?
5: (laughs) Definitely. So I have a a seventeen year old daughter and a nineteen year old son. And you know, when that first little my son is the oldest and he's born, you have this, this this absolutely beautiful little human being and I don't think you ever really know how much you can love something until you have that little baby in your arms. Like it was amazing. And I know the only thing that I really wanted for my kids, I don't care, you know, what job they have or anything like that. I just, I wanted them to be really great human beings. Like, I really took that so seriously that I wanted to raise these responsible, good human beings. And it has been a learning experience from day one, for (laughs) sure. (laughs)
2: What about your own parents? Did you learn lessons from your own parents that you now use or don't use with your own kids? Oh, for sure.
5: I think probably the biggest gift that my parents gave me was that they they always believed in me. They always believed that I could do, you know, anything I wanted to do. From, you know, when I was little, I wanted to be an astronaut, or then I wanted to be an archaeologist. So... You know, I, they would put me in programs where I could learn about space stuff. And then when I was going through this archaeology thing, they would buy me, like, rock tumblers and let me do things with rocks. But they never told me that I couldn't do anything. It was always, okay, that's great, so how are you going to make that happen? And that's Very- something I've definitely moved, like, carried forward with my kids.
2: I love that. Was there anything that they, you didn't like that they did as parents that you decided you wouldn't do to your own children? <laughs>
5: Well, you know, there's there's always the one thing that, you you know, you think, I'm never going to say, because I said so. I'm never going to say that ever. And, you know what, I say it. And I hear, you know, I hear my parents and my voice, and I'm just like, oh, my goodness. But, but I do it. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah.
2: <laughs> what about... So it would be... No, sorry, go yeah, ahead. No, no, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> no, I was just wondering, what about... um, uh, if you could speak to all the teenagers in the world and give them one piece of advice from a parent, what would that be?
5: I think it's actually kind of like what Alvin was saying, is that we're human beings. And, you know, we're doing the best that we can, and we're definitely going to make mistakes, for sure. I mean, I know I have learned so many lessons from my kids, um, Sometimes when I when I think I'm really really right about something, and I, and my son, he's a he's a great communicator. That one, you know. And I, there's been so many times where he'll will i will be just feel you know, really mad at him and like no, you know what, you're in trouble. That's it. You're grounded. No more. And he'll be like, Mom, if you'll just listen to me, if I can just tell you where I'm coming from and what I'm thinking, and if you'll just listen to me, and then if you still feel, still feel the same way, okay. And so it's. I do that, and it's um, allowed a lot of really huge growth opportunities for us, but, you know, as parents, these kids, they don't come with an instruction book, so it's a a learning process, so be patient with us. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Love that. I I think a lot of us forget that our parents are just human beings, too, so I agree with you and with Alvin. I'm... I really think it's true. Sometimes we forget that our parents are just people who are making their own mistakes and all these things. You know, you always think your parents have all the answers when you're little. And then as you grow, you start to question that and go, hold on a second. (laughs) Completely, completely.
5: And I think we forget also with, with our teenagers that, you know, as adults, sometimes we're cranky. Sometimes we're moody. Sometimes I just want to be left alone. And I think we forget that our teenagers are feeling that too and sometimes like times 50. Mhm. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs>
2: that's important too. So, part of the Teen Wealth program that we have, we're actually with 60 teens right now in a high school in Toccoa, Georgia. Um, we're helping them to start their own businesses and teaching them about money and debt and credit and entrepreneurship and holding yourself with great confidence and having a two-minute speech where you tell people who you are just in case somebody walks up to you and says, I have 10 grand to invest. Why should I invest in you? So, we're doing this really cool entrepreneur program right now as part of Global Teen Wealth. And uh, you're a consummate entrepreneur like you mentioned and a parent so what advice would you be able to give parents um, about entrepreneurship for their teens and 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 have you taught your own kids about being an entrepreneur and starting their own business do you think that's vital or is college the way to go and then create your own business
5: no I I absolutely love what you're doing I think entrepreneurship provides so much so much learning opportunity for kids like just in, in a lot of different areas um, both of my kids actually are on the entrepreneurial journey or they haven't been, you know, been at one point, my son wanted to start, um, a clothing company, like with t-shirts and things like that. So from, you know, logo design, where are they going to find the t-shirts, sourcing everything, pricing, and I let them do it themselves. Like I offer them advice and, and, you know, guidance and a coach, but they have to learn too, right? They have to, to be able to make the mistakes and make their own calls, all those kinds of things. And my daughter, she's very much into makeup and nails and, you know, so she has actually done, like, fashion shows with her makeup. And she's 17. So they're learning those skills because I think it gives them communication skills. They learn how to interact with all different kinds of people. They learn how to negotiate. Like, so many skills that not, they're not going to get. Well, in high school right now, they're not going to get that. And I don't think they get that when they go on to university either. So I think, it, I think it's so relevant and, you know, kids feel so confident when they are able to go out there and share something that they've created, and then they're asking for help or asking for sales. I, th- I think it's, it's huge. I-, I love what you're doing.
2: Oh, thank you. We love what we're doing, too. It's, it's an absolute blessing. We are... Uh... We were just in the class today, and three of the female students stayed after uh, to help us with a fundraiser video that we're putting together. And one of them is extremely shy. And I was really impressed by her because she didn't talk for the first four, four hours that we were together doing this. Literally kept very quiet. But you could see this small sparkle in her eye. And finally, over the weeks, we started to pull and pull and pull. And she went up to the camera today and said, hi, my name is Diamond. And I want to be an author, and I want to write inspired novels so that young people who maybe don't feel like they can talk to anybody at this exact time, can read one of my books, be inspired and know that they're not alone in this world and I literally had to choke back my tears because being an author and, and her style, that's an entrepreneurship thing and so many young people think of brick and mortar and like a, oh, a McDonald's or I have to open this kind of store and, and the world is changing with online and everything but being an author truly is a business too and knowing that she has the heart to want to inspire other young people out there, it literally Gutted me, and we have 60 kids that are all doing amazing things that want to influence the world, so it's really exciting. So, thank you for, for creating your amazing events, thank you for being an entrepreneur, thanks for coaching your kids to be an entrepreneur. And, and what are, give me your top three entrepreneur tips for young people that are considering starting their own business?
5: I would say, um, make mistakes. Mist- mistakes are vital um things don't have to be perfect and just just do something every single day do something i think those would be um yeah make mistakes just do it and it does not be perfect we get so caught up in that i love that yeah, do it. as my Mike, as mikey says just do it
2: yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so- <laughs> i remember i i I wanted to create Global Teen Wealth since I first heard Alvin Law speak when I was 15, 16 at a high school, but I was always worried that, I, oh, I'm not there yet, it's not perfect yet, no, I'm just going to wait another year, I'm going to learn a little bit more, travel a little bit more, and then somebody two years ago looked at me and said, look, you don't have to be great to get started, you just have to get started to be great. And I think that's exactly what you just said in all three of your points. Just start. Who cares if you screw up the first 472 times? The 473rd time might be brilliant, and then you're set. So I love your advice.
5: Oh, 100%. Well, and I tell this to people too who are working on, you know, oh, I'm going to create this talk that I'm going to do, or I'm going to create this, you know, this program that I run, want to run. And it takes forever. And I say, you know what? the talk that you're creating in your head is never going to be the one that's going to come out of your mouth. And until it actually comes out of your mouth in front of people, you'll never even know what to adjust or how amazing it is. So you just, you just have to do it. And find people that really, really support you, like like you guys. You have those teenagers back, right, so they, they can be confident and they, they know they're in a safe place to just go for it, which is awesome. hmm
2: yeah, I think that's something that we all kind of struggled with is, is um I mean you you don't wanna fail and, and so many young people are afraid that whatever they say is gonna come off as stupid or, or not right and, and so they end up being afraid, but being able to be in a in we keep ours in close closed classrooms with only about fifteen to twenty students in each classroom and that way they feel like they grow and they get to know each other and they have someone to talk to about their struggles. There's a great program, um Called the inner circle, and the inner circle is where people sit. Literally, it started with a business ten years ago because they had a high rate of suicide at this one business that was on the Fortune 500 list and and um, did was doing really well, but all these suicide numbers were higher than any other business in their industry and what they realized is because people weren't connecting and talking and talking about their struggles so they did this thing called inner circles and my mentor Bill Walsh he does it and we're going to do it with the teens through our program and you just get like five or six of them and they sit in a circle and you're not allowed to talk except for the one person that's saying what their struggle is at the moment and at the end all you do is say thank you for sharing. You don't give advice, you don't give critique, everybody just goes around and says what they're really struggling with at the minute and uh, yeah and it's just beautiful because they get to share what's in their heart and and there's no judgment, no nothing so I think once we create this online community for the global teen wealth participants and invite all the experts, the parents, the teachers, the teens in where they can really focus um and just just put all their energy into this one positive thing. I think it's gonna be a place where anonymously they can reach out and, and connect with each other and there will be no bullying and things like that. So Georgie, it's people like you who really inspire me to keep pushing because I'm telling you this has not been easy to create a nonprofit and to try and change thousands of teens. And we're very much on the road to getting there. So it's people like you with your amazing events. So can you tell everyone how they can follow you, how they can find you, how they can attend your events? Now we have listeners from the United States, Canada, Brazil, and a few other places in the world, but I know your events are local in and around Vancouver, British Columbia. For, but for the people that are there, can you tell them how to follow you on social media and how to maybe attend some of your events in the future?
5: Yeah, for sure. And the other really great thing is we have a, our membership will be launching in April. And so um like the event that, that you came to, the Connected Conversations, which are literally one of my favorite things that I do, those are, the audio is recorded, and all of those will be uploaded to our website. So even if you're not local, you will be able to at least hear those conversations, which I think are so important. So um, my website is DecideYourLife.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook as Georgie Lowe, and then our business page is DecideYourLife.com. I'm on Twitter, Georgie Lowe, uh, Instagram, Decide Your Life. So, yeah, and I would love to connect with everyone. It's, um, I, l- I love connection with people, as, as, you, as you know.
2: <laughs> I do, yeah. The, your, your event, I'm telling you, that Connected Conversations was a very intimate, great group. I just, I adored it. Um, and I just want to clarify to spell your name for people looking for you, it's G E O R G E E. Is that correct? Yes. Absolutely. Georgie yes. and then Ger- Lowe, George like, with
5: the extra E. Okay.
2: (laughs) And then uh, last name, Low, L O W, like high and low, right? Exactly. Beautiful. Well, thank you for joining us, Georgie, and I look forward to attending many more of your events when I get back to Canada. Thank you so much for being with us.
5: Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait till you're home. Yeah.
2: yeah. Three weeks, baby. (laughs) Three weeks. Yay.
5: (laughs) Yay. And keep up the great work. You guys are doing amazing stuff.
2: Thank you very much. So I just want to remind everyone out there that's listening, uh, please go on Facebook, go look up Teen Wealth, go like us, and uh, maybe make a comment. You might win some cool prizes. If you have your pens or pencils out, don't forget to text seven zero seven two zero zero. 6386. Text your email and uh, we're giving away some cool prizes for that as well. When we come back, we're going to hear from our financial expert, Grant. He's going to give us three tips for saving money for teens and uh, then we're going to talk about our movie of the week, our book of the week. We're going to shout out to our hero of the week um, and uh, yeah, we're excited because and as well, Mr. Do-It-Yourself is going to be joining us after the break and he's going to talk about when it's okay to break the rules. Parents, don't be shocked. Don't be afraid. (laughs) It's going to be good, I promise. Uh, We'll be back from our commercial break very shortly.
1: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Hey you, yeah you, are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at one 855 866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. Globalteenwealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future.
6: Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts, we'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: Are tuned into Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at com. That's Brandy with an I at com. Now, back to this week's show.
2: Hey, everybody, and welcome back. Uh, we're really excited because Grant the Money Man is in the house. Hi, Grant.
6: Hey, Grant. Hi, Brandy. How are you? How are you? <laughs> hey, <Cap>. Hey, <laughs> Kev.
2: We're excited because Grant's about to have a second child in two weeks. Congratulations. <laughs> yes, well, not and I Grant- think my alone. wife's listening
6: right now. Thank oh, nice. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hello, Mrs. Powell. <laughs> <laughs> so being a parent and being a financial expert, I know that you have three great tips for parents on how to help their young people when it comes to saving money. So give it to us.
6: Yes. So, thanks, Brandy. Yes. So, towards the time when actual teens are ready for the credit card. So, in weeks back, I've talked about the earlier stages. So, now, when your teen's ready to get a credit card, uh, one of the first things is, is to go into a financial institution, even if they're not allowed to get a credit card on their own, if you can at least co-sign, um, that would be a great idea to at least get them in the process of, of learning and coaching. Them through the um, the first uh, small amounts of, of credit that you're going to get when you, when you first start. So the second thing is to explain the proper use of credit. So it's very important to explain to your kids the proper use of credit, so that they can start by smir- purchasing small amounts, uh, putting small amounts on the credit cards like haircuts, movies, meals. Uh, and make sure that the credit card is paid to zero every month. Because it's so easy for teenagers to start abusing credit and living outside of their means. So I suggest taking the time every month when the credit card statement comes in, take the time to go through the statement with your team to make sure that there's not very many charges on there and plus make sure that they are paying it down to zero every month. Um, The third thing Is your own credit history. Um, Kids are known to follow their parents. If you have or haven't, always manage your credit responsibly. Yes.
2: Oh, sorry. We Um, just lost you for a sec. You're good.
6: (laughs) Okay. If you haven't always managed your credit responsibly, this is time to let your teens know. So the best way to do this is simply tell them stories of either your successes or failures um, and explain to them, that um, when I had good credit this is what I was able to accomplish when I had bad credit this is what happened and this is how I was it was tough because I had issues or problems that I had to face to try to to rebuild it then that way they sort of understand the pros and the cons and by ingraining those examples uh, they should be able to teach them that um, if they do have any problems that they can actually come to you and and you can help them sort it out
2: Beautiful. I appreciate it. I know a lot of parents expect that the credit and debit and all these kinds of things to be taught in schools, and unfortunately, it is taught, but you're... Uh, But they teach the very basics of it, and most of us, I know when I was 15, 16, they were talking about it, I didn't think it was important for me, because I was still, quote unquote, a kid, so I never paid attention, and the teachers don't like teaching it, because it's very, it's a lackluster subject, I have to say, so a lot of us ignored it, even the basics that were taught, and I think parents rely on the schools to do that, and unfortunately no one's preparing our teens for the world ahead, and credit can be quite a scary thing, it can either destroy or help your life... um, so I really appreciate your tips, and I know uh, you oh, help us to really create a great uh, teen program so we can teach teens all about this as well. So thank you. Congratulations on your soon-to-come second child. Yeah,
3: congrats, man. Oh, you're welcome.
0: Beauty.
2: Thanks for Thanks. joining us, Grant. Yeah. And uh, we've got Mr. Do-It-Yourself in the house. Ewan, are you out there?
0: Ewan is here. Hello, Global Teen Wealth World. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Today... I'm going to talk about something a little bit different we have been guiding you towards. Today's topic is breaking the rules, and I figured it would be a nice light break from all this talk about parenting, about talking about when's a good idea to break the rules. So far, I've talked to you about a lot of fundamentals. I've talked to you about making the bed to build structure to the day and everything else and organize your life around it. I've talked about boiling eggs to make sure you have a quick breakfast to make sure you have some nutrition in you before you start your day and quickly get out the door to go into school. And I've also told you how to even tie your shoes properly so they're not being untied. I've talked about job interviews, your presentation, and we've talked about creating and representing your own brand when you go to represent, go in to represent yourself in a job interview. And that is what Breaking the Rules and this topic is really trying to follow because When you build enough fundamentals and skills around yourself, how to be a good character, a good human, a good person, a good rapport, then then you can identify some certain skills of yours that you can really sort of manipulate in a positive way to excel somewhere in life, somewhere in entrepreneurship, somewhere in getting your own edge. And once you develop these fundamentals, then you have the ability to break the rules. And so when you're applying for work, you're going to find – that when you reach the job market there's gonna be a lot of experience demanded upon you that you're not gonna have they'll want one or three years of experience in this type of computer programming or this type of labor labor skills of welding or such and to be honest that's their best case scenario you have to try and put yourself in the position of thinking of what they ideally want but if they can find someone who has a self-confidence and already has a skill set to excel in those regards they just want to see that you have that ability. So when you go to job interviews, when you're in grade 11, 12, I don't know what. I got my first job when I was in grade 5, so I don't know what year and if you are getting jobs. But when you go for job interviews and you see that there's some requirement that you possibly can't meet, but you know you have the ability and the drive to do, just prove it to your employer. Go out there and dress appropriately, get your brand out there. And tell them exactly why you want what the position is. And some jobs you have to start from the ground up. I've been a paper boy. I've been a potato boy. Working at a fish and chip restaurant. Peeling and cutting potatoes for three years before I got promoted as the first guy in the kitchen. They only had girls in the kitchen. But I got up there and I worked my way up there. It could be little jobs. But now I understand how a restaurant works. There are several jobs that go through. So please, get out there. And know what you want and give the energy and enthusiasm and demonstrate the understanding of what you want, even if you don't have the experience. And if you do have to work your way up, that's not a bad thing either. Now, Alvin talked at the very beginning of the show, and he was talking about some issues involving resistance, saying he's sick of Donald Trump's political rants of fighting this and that, and he wants to promote things promote good things like peace that's what Alvin was saying and so with this I say to you in the the same ideal is don't try and resist things when you see job applications for things that you don't have try and promote what you actually have to go through with this and as Georgie said you can make mistakes too alright you can get out there and You can give a try and what's the problem with you going to a job interview trying without the qualifications they want and trying to explain and preach why you want to be there because you're enthusiastic and energetic about it and the job interview says, the job seeker, the job employer says, you know what, we have some people with more qualifications that you don't have. We're not going to give it to you this time. There's nothing wrong. You can try for any job you want. They can say no and you're not going to get punished for it. That's it. So my my segment today is talking about break the rules once you get the fundamentals down. Build yourself up. Make yourself a good character in all regards and get yourself really organized. Have all the skill sets someone would want. And even if you don't have the experience, have the passion, the drive, and prove it in a job interview. And prove it in the message, the first message you give to any employer that you want to go out for their job saying, I've got this. I want to show you I've got what it takes. And tell them why with the right positive energy and leave the cards where they may. If they don't give it to you, ask why and find out where to go from there if you really love the job. Brandy.
2: I, you know what, Ewan, I love that because resumes these days just don't cut it anymore, especially the ones who email a thousand resumes out and hope to get something back. The only time I've ever gotten hired for a job is when I walked up and said, look, you're going to hire me because I've lived in the Amazon, I've slaughtered a pig by myself, and whether I've done this job or not, I'm going to work so darn hard that you're going to need to hire me because I'm going to kick butt at it. And I usually I just... surprise people by breaking the rules, so I love it.
0: Brandy, I'd be scared to hu- to not hire you. As you talk-
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Good call, dude. Good call. Oh, I love it. Um, so just just quickly this week uh, we didn't have anyone from Art with Impact because they've got so many events going on right now that none of them could join us but they did recommend a great feature film this week and it's about a mother trying to help her son who's struggling with schizophrenia and she doesn't know anything about it and she's trying to learn and she's trying to do her best but it's such a complicated thing so if you go to artwithimpact.org you can look up the film Black and Shiny Things I'll also post it on the Teen Wealth site Um, or her book of the week was by Alvin Law and you can check it out at alvinlaw.com and our hero of the week this week has to be Alvin because he was the one that inspired people like Kevin and I to begin on our journey so it was really cool. Ewan, did you uh, see Alvin when you were in high school?
0: I have seen Alvin as well. That was so funny. He came through BC for sure and I saw him out there in Richmond and Steveson and I actually do remember him. It was pretty cool to actually hear he was on the show.
2: That's uh, sweet. Well, um, Guy Grant, I'm so happy you joined us. Uh, Ewan, thanks for your great tips. I love that you talked about breaking the rules on a show about parenting. I think that's awesome. And I know Kevin broke a rule when he was a little bit younger, and his parents taught him a great lesson. So tell us that story before we go.
3: Uh, yeah, I was a little shoplifter when I was a kid. I got I got very good at it, stealing Easter cream eggs. So Easter is not a great time for me. I have flashbacks and start crying every time the Cadbury Easter cream egg comes out, but you know I got, I got busted once and it was the very last time I ever stole and they said we can either call the cops or your parents which will it be and I thought I'm not stupid if they call the cops the cops are just gonna call my parents I was only in grade four or something my dad showed up and you know what he said he looked at me and I, I was like I think I was crying <laughs> and he said he, he was driving me home and he said you know what's wrong to steal don't you and I said yeah he goes so why'd you do it and I said I don't know and he goes well I think you've learned your lesson, and he never said another word about it, and I always look back at that, and I mean, different strokes for different folks, and you know, the kids and stuff, but he could have handled that differently, but I, I knew that I had let him down, and I, it impacted me so much, and I love what, just really quick, because I know we're almost done here, I love what, what Alan and Georgie said about, you know, it's it's okay to make mistakes and that kind of thing, I mean, you only fail if you quit, you know what I mean, and And we always, with social media and stuff, I think I said this before, we always compare our own mistakes to everyone else's highlight reel. So, you know, we just got to just let kids, let your parents be their parent, your parents and parents let your kids be your kids. So there you go, Brandy. All right.
0: This is Ewan. (laughs) Just one more thing. I know I've been telling people to break the rules on a parenting subject, but I want to say just one thing to be very clear. Don't break the rules from your parents, get your fundamentals down. That's when you break the rules. The fundamentals, realize your special yes. skill set, and then take that to the job market. Don't break the rules So you got the fundamentals, take the special skills to the job
3: market.
2: So brush your teeth, make your bed, and then go break the rules.
3: <laughs> Boil your eggs and have a fun day, right?
2: There you go, and tie your <laughs> shoelaces. And
4: tie your shoes,
2: want. thank you.
3: Yes.
0: Well,
2: everybody out there in Teen Wolfland, thank you again for joining us. Um, My parents divorced when I was two and both remarried a couple years later. I now have four parents. I got to watch them make mistakes but love me at the same time. So it's not always perfect, but together we can get through it. Give us a shout-out anytime on Teen Wealth on Facebook. Thanks again for joining, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. We'll see you again next week, same time, same place. Get up!